What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Young, Black, and Opinionated. I am your host, Christina Royster. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening and leave me a five-star rating if you like what you hear, as well as a review. And you can follow the YBO Podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO Podcast. And the YBO Podcast is also on YouTube as Young, Black, and Opinionated. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Miss Chris D, M-I-S-S-C-H-R-I-S-D-E-E. All right, let's get the show started. First, I just want to give you guys a little preface as to what is going to be going on the next couple episodes of Young, Black, and Opinionated. It's February, it's Black History Month, and I wanted to do something special to celebrate this. So I'm going to be having a little episode series, probably four episodes, called Black History is Now. I don't know if anybody else has ever used this title, but that's what I'm working with, okay? I want to call this Black History is Now because I feel like everybody always thinks of black history as the civil rights era, and that was so long ago, and slavery, oh, we're past that. But really, as you guys have heard on Young, Black, and Opinionated throughout the years, we're still making history today. Every other episode, I'm saying, so-and-so was the first black this, or so-and-so was the first black that. This past week, we currently have the first like black female CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Like we are still making history to this day. And so that's why I wanted to have this series. And I'm going to be talking with different guests about different aspects of black culture that make us who we are. So on this episode, I talked with Courtney Haynes. She is a natural hair influencer and content creator. And Courtney... Um, pretty much just talked about what black hair means to her and we chopped it up about our transitions from straight hair to curly hair and a whole bunch of great things and just how important our hair is to the black community. I will say that we recorded this on Zoom, so if you hear any technical difficulties, keep that in mind, bear with us, okay? But here's what me and Courtney had to talk about. And I'll just let you tell people a little bit about yourself, Courtney, and your natural hair journey and, um, you know, like, are you doing any campaigns right now? Anything like that? Feel free to share with us. Okay. Um, so where do I even start? <laughs> My natural hair has honestly been such a journey. Honestly, I've been natural since I want to say high school. So we're going on like, how long ago did I graduate? <laughs> <laughs> like seven years I want to say six seven years I've been wearing my hair like in its natural state kind of dabbling with a few different products um it's definitely a journey and there's def- different methods people have gone I went the transitioning route Me so too, girl I was not about to chop this off. takes dedication okay dedication so many times like looking back at pictures I'm like oh my gosh I was really walking around like this listen (laughs) when I look at my pictures even college like that's when I first learned how to even do my hair so I was like oh my god my hair is so stringy yes so definitely it's been a journey but it's definitely worth it whether if you do the transitioning method if you do the big chop method and just do protective styles like it's definitely worth it um it does take hard work and dedication that's the thing nobody tells you I when I went natural I thought that I could just be out here curls flying free (laughs) it takes time and like I would say currently I wish I had my hair out but it it wasn't we see the edges laid (laughs) 
Um, I I think this is honestly the best state that my hair has ever been in. And I'm actually a little, I've been thinking about doing a blowout soon, but I'm a little nervous. Yeah, I, I love blowing my hair. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. But um, yes, I do um, natural hair videos. Uh, trying to figure out a good schedule because I do work full time outside of like doing natural hair videos on Instagram and TikTok as well. I'm getting into TikTok a little bit. Um, Right now, I currently work with Curl Crush Box, which is a, um, a hair like subscription. Like subscription, yes. I was looking for the word, like a hair subscription. So they send out different boxes every month, and like they have different plans. That one hasn't started yet. They're still trying to work out some kinks. So I'm currently waiting for that um, campaign to begin. And right now, I work with Myel Organics as well. Um, Love them, nice black-owned yes. beauty brand. I love their products. Like I, I actually am working on a video this weekend for them. So their oh, products no. are, I will say that. Um, I can't really talk about any current campaigns we're working out, working on, but we just know we got stuff coming. Yes. I mean, that's yeah. a great segue into the fact that like our black hair has come so far and now we are influencers and teaching people about natural hair on social media. So I want to first start uh, talking about where we've been and where we're going. And I just started thinking about black history and black history month. And like this hair, hair is just not just hair to black people, you know, other know. people look, listen, other cultures just be walking out the house, looking any old way, black mm -hmm. people, we got to have it doing something, a bun, a twist, the braids, anything. Right. And I started thinking about like where this came from. And black hair has been a symbol of status since like ancient Egypt. Don't let anybody fool y'all. The Egyptians yeah. were black. <laughs> no, it's literally true. And I like, like, I was just reading up on the history and how like Egyptians wore wigs. And then some of the African tribes had braids, Bantu knots. Then we transitioned into the cornrows with, with slaves wearing their hair in cornrows for long days of labor. And when I read that, I was like, that is literally Black people today. We put our hair in cornrows if we want to keep a long style for a mm -hmm. long time. Yep. And, um, and then we had the introduction of the hot comb and the relaxer, dreadlocks, afros. Afros were part of the whole Black Panther movement. Like that has a lot of history rooted in itself so I just want to ask you like what does your hair mean to you as a black woman and when you think about the history of black hair then and now like what does it mean to you and the black community literally my hair is as you can see like I make money off my hair yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so my hair means a lot to me you know and I feel like in the black community, like hair is so important to us, how it appears to people. And it's crazy how many different styles that we can achieve with our oh, hair. Like, it. Whether it's in its natural state, you can straighten it. Like, and I think other people envy that about yep. it. And we're so lucky. And it's crazy because now it's kind of accepted all mm -hmm. the different styles that we can wear. But like growing up, I did not like my hair at all. Yeah, let's talk about it because <laughs> when I was a kid, I mean, when I was a kid, my mom did my hair and she would sit me yeah. down. Really, I, I didn't know anything about shea butter, coconut oil, none of this stuff. I used pink lotion. 
Yeah, it might not even be good for your hair. I don't even know. But I was using pink lotion, blue magic, Murray's. And my mom would slick my hair down in some twists. And, you know, you and I grew up in a predominantly white town. So I did start to say like, oh, my hair looks different than other people. I want to look like that. And I I do. I wish that I was more educated back then, but I was a child. I was impressionable. I used to really think to myself, like, not necessarily I wanted to be white, but I was like, dang, why can't my hair just be like theirs, you know? So I completely feel you. No, I, I understand because, you know, we went through the same school system. Yeah. So I understand firsthand what it's like. I remember the first time, like, growing up, people were like, why doesn't your hair look like this? Why does it, why when it gets wet, it looks like that? Da, da, da. So, and I grew up, my mom doesn't have the same texture hair as me. So she just constantly straightened it. Yeah. Like, and <laughs> little bump at the end I know you remember the bump I yes I used to hate getting my hair done for like church or whatever and having a little bump so like when I was like young young my hair was always in braids and twists like little ponytail stuff like that but as I got older like she didn't know what to do with my hair so it was always straightened yeah and I didn't even know that my hair really curled up until I I remember I tried it one day because my friends were like at the time were like oh let's try and scrunch your hair oh yes the scrunched hair phase scrunching so they're like yeah let's try and scrunch your hair and I was like oh my gosh my hair curls like this is ugly (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know it did that yeah and it's sad because it's just European beauty standards that have made us think that our hair is ugly or that we're less than. I mean, we could even talk about texturism a little bit if you want to in the black community, how light brights with the type three hair, it's always like them versus us with the type four hair or whatever. I would say I'm like in between, I'm like a three C, four A, but I under, so I, I guess you and I have a more desirable curl pattern, but yeah. I feel like that whole texturism, we need to squash that as well because that's just feeding into these European beauty standards and kind of separating us. And that's what they want to do. So can you talk a little bit about like, in in Black history, why did Black women feel the need to straighten their hair or use relaxers? Like, did you ever feel pressure to use a relaxer? Oh, absolutely. Well, I only got like two relaxers in my life, but like, I, it was always straight. My hair was always straight. And definitely, because, like, that's what everyone around me had. Like, you know, in society, things change. It change. So right now, the natural look is all in, da 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 Yeah. But back, you know, wear your hair straight, have be skinny. Like, that type of look was in. So, like, back then, I was just kind of like, oh, let me wear my hair straight, da 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 Yeah. But I, I appreciate the fact that things have changed, but... Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, I feel like back in the day, Black women felt pressured to straighten their hair or relax it because they were trying to fit into a society that wasn't really accepting of Black women. Think about, you know, Madam C.J. Walker times when they were maids and housekeepers and they had to go in the house and they wanted to look presentable. Or even for just a black woman to have a shot at a job, like she had to straighten her hair. I think you posted about this on um, social media before, like is natural hair professional or how, how many times have I said like, oh, I'm going to a wedding. So I have to straighten my hair. Have you, can you relate to that? Like straighten your hair for graduation? 
Yes, graduation, birthday, like special events is when I would straighten my hair. I think we had a conversation about that before. And I was like, why do I feel like I need to straighten my hair for like big events? Yeah. My natural hair. I don't understand. Because you could manipulate your natural hair in so many different ways without straightening it. Like bands do not outs, braid outs, all of that. So, and it's crazy because I remember back senior year in college, I was always taught to either have my hair straight in order to wear it, um, wear it down, or I had to pull it back. Yeah. My natural hair out. And it's crazy because it's like, why did I think that wasn't acceptable? But it kind of falls into line with what you were saying that just at the time was meeting societal, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Standards. Yeah, yeah. I completely relate to that because I think I was a senior or a junior in college and this advisor, she was a black lady. She was a light skinned black lady. And she told me like, if you're going to be going on interviews and stuff, you should either straighten your hair or you should pull it back. And I was like, look, sis, you should know how hard it is to do this hair. Like, I feel like when I do a nice, neat twist out, my hair Mm -hmm. looks presentable and that's enough. Do you know how long it takes me to straighten my hair? I'm not straightening my hair for every interview. (laughs) Are you crazy? So as you said, I am glad that we are getting away from those beauty standards. I mean, I was going to bring up the fact that there is a little bit of diversification in beauty and marketing. I don't know when, but all of a sudden I just started noticing the shift in like CoverGirl, L'Oreal. All of a sudden there's more black faces in these commercials. There's more black models on Instagram. And I'm wondering if this is just a trend or if you really think that things are changing in the beauty industry. We have all these things like the 15% pledge and the pull-up challenge and brands are saying like, oh, we're gonna be more diverse, but then you only have 12 shades of foundation. What's going on there? I see we need to have this conversation in a couple of years because honestly, you know, society today with everything going on with the politics, you know, every day, of course they're trying to reach to us because, you know, it's really showing how much of an impact we make, whether it's this country or just around the world in general. So it's like, I don't know if this is just a little trend, like, oh, let's make them happy, da, da, da. So I couldn't even answer that question right now. Talk to me in about, I give it three years. Right. Just like I was going to say natural hair, all of that. So, yeah, I, I was just going to say, like, I think Sephora is the one that took the 15% pledge yet. They only have 3% black owned companies in their store. And it just makes you realize like, maybe we should be doing our own thing. Look at Rihanna and Fenty beauty. Look at Uma beauty. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of these companies, these black owned companies, I haven't made the transition yet. I have to be honest. I still have my white brands. I love Urban oh. Decay. <laughs> but I, I, I want to support black brands. and I definitely yeah. do, but I haven't thrown away all my makeup yet. But as yeah. far as the natural hair companies, I definitely was checking when we were looking at who's black owned and who's not. I definitely was checking and I'm glad to see that Mayel and Eden Body Works, I was supporting black owned brands. But yeah. I just feel like, like you said, this is kind of a trend right now and natural hair is hot right now. And that's the thing, black people, we make the trends. We've been making the trends. Going back to what you said, how do you feel about other cultures 
biting off of our style. Remember a couple years ago, Kim Kardashian wore Fulani braids. She had the nerve to call them Bo Derek braids or whatever she called them. Or even if we're talking about beauty, acrylic nails. I've been seeing white people wearing fabulous acrylic nails and like that's a style now, but black people have been doing that since like the eighties and it was called ghetto. So yes, for Asian girls laying their baby hairs. Yes. And don't even have baby hairs, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> It's very frustrating being a black person in society today. It honestly is. And like when you see, for example, like people getting spray tans to to be darker complexion or like you said. The oh, oh it's, I, I, that just reminded me about Kim's uh, body makeup. What yeah. is that? don't understand the thought process i'm like so it's not okay when we do it which is a part of our culture but it's okay when y'all do it like and that's i think a lot of that is coming to light today and like a lot of people are really acknowledging how this is kind of happening in society um i don't know if we're really going to change it in a couple of years unless we start getting our own things like you had said but i mean it just sucks sometimes yeah it really screams cultural appropriation to me like when I see a white girl with box braids my number one question is why like as I said braids them back to our culture that is ingrained in our roots like have you seen those those photos on social media of black women corn rowing maps into their head to escape slavery like all those things have value to us and importance to us so my number one question when white people wear box braids and stuff is why and number two you already have silky straight hair why are you wearing extensions why do you even need that like black people we like switching up our style because i don't know we just can like i don't know and and you you know how people try to reverse it and they say like well y'all straighten your hair so you're trying to look like us so why can't we wear cornrows to look like you I don't think that we straighten our hair to look like white people. Would you agree? No, I don't think so. I think, like I had said previously, like our hair can be manipulated in so many different ways. I don't think their hair can be manipulated as much. That's what I'm saying. Like they can't do anything sometimes. Like Like, literally, because it's like they try and get like perms to curl their hair. Yeah. Granted, I guess you could say it's a little bit similar when we get perms to straighten it, but I think it's two completely different things. But I might be a little biased, so. No, I agree. I just feel like it's okay to appreciate our culture, but not everything was made for you. And that's white privilege. That's just white people thinking that they can take and own anything. And if you're going to wear box braids, or whatever, Kim Kardashian, then at least accredit it to the black women, not the wrong culture, you know? So it is something to think about. But I mean, this whole point of this episode is called Black History Is Now. We always think about black history as so many decades ago, we've come so far. But realistically, black women still have to fight to wear their natural hair at work. Are you familiar with the Crown Act and like what they're trying to do with that? And, you know, basically we're trying to get it in legislation that we can be normal and wear our hair how we want. And it's sad that we have to have a written law to do this. Like, have you ever felt like, oh, I got to put my hair in a bun to go to work? Like, or. Uh, Yeah, well, not at my current job. So at my current job, um, it's actually like a black woman is in charge of our 
have a lot of like different ethnicities and cultures that kind of make up our office. So I don't mind going into the office with braids or if I have a twist out or my natural hair out. But a lot of the places that I did interview for, um, for my job, um, for senior year of college, I probably wouldn't feel. Yeah. And I had a different job prior to this current job that I have. And now that I think about it, my hair was always pulled back. It was either straight or stuff like that. And it was predominantly white there. So I guess it kind of depends on where you work. Mm -hmm. uh, If you're going to be comfortable with it or not, or be like, you know, I don't care. I'm still wear my hair. That's the thing. It's a variety of things. Number one, like you said, leadership. How does your leadership feel? You have a black manager, so you might feel a little more comfortable. Like, oh, she gets me. Somebody who's in a predominantly white office space, they feel like they have to hide themselves. And our hair really is a reflection of our culture. So for me to have to hide that part of me, it makes me feel like an imposter. It makes me not want to go to work. Like, think about um, recently, I think I saw on social media, a black girl was kicked off the Kansas cheer team for coming to practice with a bonnet. Now, wearing bonnets out in public, wearing bonnets out in public, that's a different- That, that is different. That's a different I argument. I, I think there's a time or a place for bonnets. But actually, I'm gonna, read, I'm gonna read to you what this girl replied, and I really liked this a lot. She said, okay, so here's the headline. Kansas cheerleader kicked off team after refusing to wear bonnet during, pra- remove bonnet during practice. This woman replied, this is racist, I don't care. The hair rules for cheerleading teams are already borderline discriminating. And look, I've done a little bit of cheer in my day. You know how they can be. Oh. <laughs> but it was practice. If she refused, I'm almost certain it was because her hair was not done or she was protecting it for game day. Black hair operates differently. And this is definitely something I wish people would understand. If I'm walking outside with a plastic bag over my head because it is raining, don't laugh at me. You should understand my culture and understand that I can't get this hair wet. Okay. Or if Don't I'm wearing my, right. Or if I'm wearing my bonnet at practice, it's probably for I'm protecting my hair. I'm not wearing bonnets for fashion. I'm not wearing bonnets for fun. I have definitely worn my bonnet to Walmart or whatever because I'm protecting my hair for later. And that's the thing. Like we think that we've made so much progress, but this is happening in 2021. So like we have to make black history right now. And I don't know that girl's name on the UCLA gymnastics team, but I'm so glad that she has been slaying all over the mat with her baby hairs laid, ponytail slicked back. Gymnastics is another sport. You know, you got certain rules with the hair and everything, but I'm glad that she has stayed to her roots. And you can, she's showing people that like, you can be authentically black and be yourself and still rock and ace anything that's put in front of you. So I really like that we are still making black history today. I mean, let's talk about Michelle's hair at the inauguration. What does that say? Played, okay. I was even looking at who did her hair. I was like, hold on. And right, she had a black hairstylist and that's what happens when you give other black people opportunities to do your hair. We're gonna ace it every time. Black people slay every time. And I'm so glad that Michelle has been wearing her natural hair more or she's been slaying weaves, wigs. I don't care what she wears, as long as she feels comfortable and nobody's telling her what to do. And speaking of that, um, I saw another thing in social media this week. I gotta read it because I forgot the headline. 
But you remember High School Musical, the black girl, the one and only black girl. Oh, I saw that. And that they put headbands on that girl because they didn't know how to do her hair. Girl, when I saw that, I said, group chat. This makes so much sense now. So anybody listening, if you have no idea what we're talking about, Monique Coleman from High School Musical basically said her character wore headbands for the movies because they did not have a stylist on set who could do black hair. That's sad. I remember that actually happened to me once. Um, do you remember the fashion show that they used to do at our school? In high school? Oh, what happened? Tell us, girl. Oh, so I was walking in the fashion show and usually like they support local businesses. So like we'd wear dresses or whatever and like casual outfits from local um, stores around our town. There's a hair salon too that they would go to, multiple hair salons, they would assign it to you. When I got there, now you know where we live. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Need I say more? They don't um, know how to do our hair. They they were looking at my hair confused. Like they didn't, mind you, that's when I wore my hair straight. Asking me, how did I grow my hair so long? Um, that's disrespectful. When people say like, is this all yours? Like aggravate, even black people ask me that, or they assume that I'm mixed with something. And I'm like, I'm black mixed with black. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I'm just black. That's it. And I just felt so uncomfortable. I didn't even want them touching my hair. I told yeah. them, you know, don't worry about it. And I did my hair myself. How they many to- times have we had to do our own hair? I used to be in theater. Yeah. And every night we did dress rehearsals or whatever. And we had to put hairspray in our hair. And I was mm-hmm. like, first of all, black people don't even use hairspray. Right. Second of all, I can't do this every night because I have to wash my hair every night, which means I have to straighten it over and over. Like, it was just a mess. Yeah, it's definitely... High school showed how many different... Like, how many cultural differences we had. Yeah, I, yeah, I sent that um, post to buy a group chat and they were like, I'm honestly not surprised. It's just sad because, like you said, we are looked at as a burden. I'm not the problem. If you're a hairstylist, you should be able to handle any type of hair that's thrown at you. And it starts at cosmetology school. These cosmetology schools need to teach you how to do hair because isn't Black America like 15% of the population? Like you should know how to do 15% of the population's hair. Don't look at me acting like, if you don't know how to do my hair, then you're not a real hairstylist. Well, half of these people who claim to be hairstylists aren't even certified to Mm -hmm. be hairstylists. So Exactly. Come to my hair appointment with your hair washed, freaking blow dried and straightened. You gotta do your own hair before you get to the hairstylist. <laughs> like, if I gotta do all that, I don't wanna go. Oh my God. Well, it's just interesting to me because here we are, 2021, and we're still not as far along as we could be. I am glad that uh, I've seen more people embracing their natural hair, but now, it's becoming a competition like, oh, her hair is longer, her hair is this. I'm not going to lie to you. I still do predominantly stretch styles, twist, braid out, because I still am not comfortable with my shrinkage. That's just me. If you want to do a wash and go, hey, be, be my guest, but it's not for me, you know? So I'm still learning more about my hair every day. And that's another thing. I feel like the Black community, we still have a lot to learn about our own hair and we're educating ourselves. So I'm glad that we do have content creators out there like you to teach us what to put in our hair, what not to put in our hair. Because I've seen something new called a Gina curl. Have you seen this? 
I don't even know. What I don't that even is. know what that is. It's just like new type of. It's kind of like remember when everybody was like getting diva cuts for a while. Well, now it's like this specific hairdresser who's doing like Gina curls, and it honestly looks like a Jerry curl. It don't look good to me, and I'm just yeah. like, why don't we just stick to what we know? Let's just stick to our roots and let our hair do our thing. We're always yeah. trying to do something different. It's gonna backfire, and yeah. I just. I just want people to embrace their natural hair more. I mean, here I am, somebody who didn't always embrace my natural hair, but now I'm talking about it. Time, time for sure. Yeah, I just feel like hair is such a big part of our culture and it really is an expression of ourselves. And once people understand black hair, maybe they will understand us better. So yeah, and like I... I really try because I've had a couple of people who've asked me, oh, what products do you use? Da, da, da. And they may have a 4C hair texture and I have 3C. And I've explained to them what works for my hair might not work for you. Yeah. But I know so-and-so and I can point you in the right direction of what works for them. So it's like, I don't want people who have like a different hair texture than me to think, oh, well, why isn't this working? Da, 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 da. Like, I hate my hair. No, like you just got to go a different method. Everything's yeah. different one like what might work for me might not work for you so yes and let's like, talk about the men's hair too because i've seen a lot of men growing out their hair too do you like the curly look on the men you like the fades the locks i like it well i like curly or i like fades i'm always like a fade you know yeah. <laughs> i like curls i remember when my boyfriend was growing out his hair i literally forced him to let me do a deep conditioner on him <laughs> Girl, yeah, men don't be knowing about the deep conditioner and stuff. No, I really have gotten on him. I'm like, okay, it's deep conditioning day. (laughs) (laughs) I get him to do stuff like that. And I love it. So if he doesn't like it, I'll do it for you. That's why I think it's really just about, you know, hair education and doing hair is more than just for the look. It's kind of community almost. Like when you go to the hair salon and like, you don't, it, you might be in there for five hours, but like you're chatting with your girls, you're chatting with your guys. I don't yeah. know if you saw um that Disney movie Soul, but that barbershop scene was like so authentic to me. Like barbershops and hair salons have kind of just been like our community home base. And that's also part of this conversation, this hair and beauty conversation. Yeah. No, I actually didn't see that movie. I oh man, to... you got to watch it. Yeah, I it need was to really see cute. Yeah, but, I do. Yeah, I just feel like, Hair is an important part of our history, where we've been and where we're going. I feel like it's just only going to get bigger and better. Like I I posted on Instagram the other day, like I love watching wig install videos. I just sit there and watch them all day. I I don't even watch, I don't even wear wigs, but. (laughs) I've been trying to get into wigs because you know, protective styles and I've worn a wig like twice, but I have to, I have to cross that bridge because I felt like dang can everybody tell i have on a wig yeah like, i know <laughs> I'm, like, this. I'm like i don't want them to know it's a wig oh my god but, so i definitely i think i need to get like that professionally done yeah but a wig i definitely try it yeah how do you feel about people who have the nerve to criticize like why are you wearing a wig like you already got enough hair like uh, i or it, why y'all be doing all these weaves and wigs you don't know how many times i've been told why are you getting a weave 
I don't understand. You have plenty of hair. Like, that doesn't make sense. Why are you trying to get a wig? Because it helps you achieve other styles. I think wigs, especially if I got one, it would be like body wave. I never wear my hair in like a blowout body wave form. Yeah. So I can do that while protecting my hair instead of like straightening it. Or if I want a longer look, I can get a longer look. If I want a bob, I can do a bob. And that's cutting. the thing. We could really rock anything. Like when people right. say, oh, black girls can't wear blonde. Black girls can't wear pink. You need to tell that to Megan Thee Stallion because she's doing every color and slaying it. So I really, going back to what you said, like Black women, we really can pretty much wear any style and make it work. The shortcut, look at Lupita. She made the, the shortcut trendy. Sis was rocking that, okay? <laughs> I That's think what I'm saying. Like hair yeah. is just so much more to me than yeah. how I look. And I really do hope that we can start to express ourselves more through our hair and not feel shamed. And with the Crown Act, I really am hopeful that this could work. It's only in a couple states right now. But I mean, even just as recently as 2014, I read that the U.S. military just revised their appearance and grooming policies to be more inclusive. We're still making history and still making strides today. Like, it's sad that they didn't just do that until like seven years ago. But yeah. Are you hopeful or you are, are you like pessimistic? You know, I'm hopeful because honestly, as a black community, we're definitely like kind of taking the reins on stuff like this. So like you see all these black hair owned companies are coming out. Um, like, so I definitely have hope because if you, you got to think about it though, when we were young and like, weren't really liking our natural hair, we didn't have my L organics. We didn't have Eden body works. Yeah. We, natural hair um, companies to help us out with taking care of our hair. So I think I have hope that things will get better and more companies will open up and more these current companies will expand even more. But honestly, it's up to us to yeah. like <laughs> start to take over. You're right. And I saw a woman, she was like a news anchor or something. And she tweeted like, I just finally had the courage to wear box braids on screen and that's a big moment for a news anchor to wear box braids on tv and i'm sure there was a lot of people who had backlash for her but just being the first in doing that can go a long way yeah. like imagine if and i'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus but imagine if gabby douglas or simone biles had just worn their curls and they didn't have their hair i was just telling somebody the other day gabby was looking rough they nobody again they probably didn't have anybody on the U.S. gymnastics team to do black hair. Gabby's oh. hair was never laid. It was always sticking up all over the place. Imagine <laughs> if they had just let her wear a curly bun. Yeah. So it, it literally like so many of these girls look up to like these women. And if they just embrace their natural beauty too, like, do you know how many little girls and even older women will feel comfortable doing stuff like that? So even like that news anchor, like that's pushing other girls to be like you know what I can wear box braids too yeah I actually got in a debate with someone because I was told that box braids were ghetto and I was like <laughs> how are they ghetto like I don't understand and they were like that's just not appropriate for the work environment da, da, da. I was like well this is a part of my culture and it's a way to protect my hair it's not like I'm walking around with like hair all grown out that's like, the I thing things are kept well it's okay like I don't see what the issue is now I get it if my hair was looking a hot mess okay that's but the thing 
nothing to freaking Jerry walking around with his dirty mop on his head. Okay? Let's talk about it because some people, non-black people in the workplace, they be not, they be look like they don't brush their hair, they just rolled out of bed. And black people, we don't have that luxury. We can't just roll out of bed and go into work. If I do, then please let me know, Christina, you're looking a mess because I would never do that. Black people, we have to wake up two hours earlier just to do our hair, just to go to work. You know what I'm saying? Like it's part of our routine. And for somebody to tell you that box braids are ghetto, first of all, do you know how much this style cost? Do you know how many hours I sat in the chair to do this to my head? And on top of that, as you said, I don't go out the house looking a mess. Now I might not lay my edges every day, but best belief, if my braids start to look a little bit ratty, I'm going to get them redone or I'm going to take them out. I agree with you. I don't like women who leave their braids in for three months and they look dusty and crusty or, you know, the whole laid edges. You don't have to lay your baby hairs all the time, but it does make the style look a lot neater, I will say. So for somebody to have that kind of opinion, they're brainwashed. That's it, really. And it's sad that people really do look at stuff like that. But honestly, like, forget them. (laughs) Do what you want. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I used to have a coworker. He was black and he had an Afro and he just used to have it looking all any type of way. And I used to think to myself, like, we got to do better because at the end of the day, we do represent each other. Like you are a representation of the black community. And if people see you looking like that, they're going to be looking at me like and I'm going to be looking at them like I, I see it too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think Madam C.J. Walker, well, she ain't, I don't know if she actually said this, but in that Netflix series, she said, like, if she looks good, I look good. And that's how we have to lift black people up. Like, I don't want any black person out here looking bad. Like I will help. I can't even do here, but sis, I'll help you. <laughs> right. So no. it really is a community. And I'm just so grateful that you and I have really come into our own and embraced our natural beauty. Yes, it's taken a couple of years, but I definitely do appreciate it. And I'm glad that I guess I am making an impact on a couple You are of an influencer. <laughs> Is there have been some people who have asked me about my hair and it really makes me feel good like wow y'all are really listening yes. like I'm only trying I'm just trying to put out into the world what has worked for me obviously it's not going to work for everyone but what has worked for me and I'm just trying to share that with people yeah. you know and so. that's exactly you know thinking about black history that's what our ancestors did I found out today that the jerry curl was invented by a white man I did not know that really? Jerry Curl was invented by a white man in Illinois in the 1970s and a black man just made it better. And that's what black people do. We take it and we make it better. And he also made it cheaper and like more affordable for black people. And the same thing with, you know, Madam CJ Walker did not invent those hair products. Another black woman did it. She kind of bit off of her and just made it her own. And I think that's what we're doing now. You know, black people were still making history today in hair and beauty. I'm so glad that we have people like Rihanna, even though we wish we had some music from her. At least she's (laughs) she's making other companies think like, dang, Rihanna has 40 shades of makeup. We need to do that. And it's going to definitely take us being at the table and being in those conversations because I'm pretty sure Revlon or L'Oreal, one of them is owned by a white person. And I'm like, how are you going to make what company is that that made like their little gold series? Pantene. Pantene made that gold series for black hair. And I'm just like, is this even good for black hair? 
no. <laughs> Y'all need some black people on the team telling you how to deal with our hair because we have been doing this for centuries, literally yeah. centuries. So I will say Aussie does have a good product to their defense. I do I like tried any of those brands. It's um it's like a deep conditioner. I have it right here. Um it's the three minute miracle moist deep conditioner. Now this mm-hmm. actually was pretty good in my hair. I might I have to check that out. I might have to yeah. check that out. That concludes another episode of Young Black and Opinionated. Thank y'all so much for tuning in and listening to Courtney and I talk about natural hair and beauty and how much it means to the black community. If you like what you heard today, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show. You can follow Courtney on Instagram. Her Instagram is curlsxcourtney. I believe it's pronounced curls by Courtney. So remember to follow her at curlsxcourtney. And you can follow me, Miss Chris D, on Instagram and Twitter. Follow the YBO Podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO Podcast. And you can also see a video of me and Courtney talking and recording this episode on the YBO YouTube channel. So just find Young Black and Opinionated on YouTube. And if you have any compliments or questions, you can always email me. The email is helloybo at gmail.com. Bye for now.